0: Did you guys have a good Thanksgiving? I did. It was really, we got to spend it with some friends, and it was really fun. And then I also um, had a birthday that I celebrated, and I'm telling you this not so that you'll go, oh, happy birthday. If you want to, I'll say, oh, thank you. But I'm telling you this because you guys, um, as I'm, you know, studying and getting ready for the weekend, um, my kids, you know, try to do fun things for me for my birthday. And my oldest son um, is a beginning cello player, like, he just started in September, um, playing cello, and it's really cute. So he comes to me, and he's like, Mom, I would like to play you a song um, that I uh, wrote for you for your birthday. And I don't know if you guys have ever heard a beginning cello player, um, It was lovely. It was very sweet. And um, so he played it, he composed it, and he played it, and and then he played it for me three more times. So it was good. It was very sweet, though. Um, So we had a good weekend, a good Thanksgiving, but I am just really excited to be here with you guys, worshiping with you, and um, getting ready to share with you um, what God has laid on my heart and our heart, and as we finish up and close out our Generosity and Simplicity series, like Vanessa said, my name is Shauna Boren. If you haven't met me before, hi, nice to meet you. I am from Texas, living here in Minnesota, and loving every minute of it, even though it's a little chilly. I'm not going to lie. We went... um, to go pick out our Christmas tree this weekend as well, and uh, we go to this little Christmas tree farm and it 's really cute, but you have to walk like back toward the end where the more trees are grown and Um, You know what, when you have four children with four different personalities, it takes them forever to agree upon one tree, and it was cold, and we're standing out there, and I'm just like, oh please, let's just pick, so they picked this cute little Charlie Brown tree with a bunch of little twigs, and it was perfect, so it's been great, but it's really good to be here with you guys today. Um, We have been in a, a series the last several weeks on simplicity and generosity, And if you guys have missed any of those um, sermons, I really encourage you to either listen to the podcast or go get the sermon CD out there and listen, because it's been really, really good and challenging stuff that Greg's been sharing with us. And um, I just want to briefly recap where we've been thus far, and that way we can make sure that we're all on the same page for where we are today. So we started off the series um, talking about how we have all been conditioned to default to the normal of our character. There are things that we accept as normal, um, as a part of our culture, and we just don't even think once or twice about them because it's just so normal. The problem is, is that some of these normals are actually anti-kingdom. Our life as kingdom people, though, is to manifest the character of Christ. But when we buy in to the consumerism aspect of the American dream, we're actually um, not manifesting Christ, but rather antichrist. And that opposes God, and those behaviors actually push back against the kingdom. So we talked about that. And then we followed that up by discussing consumer war, how consumerism is a real disease, um, not only in our nation, but all around, but particularly here. And if you guys really ever doubt for a second that that's not still an issue, just go online and Google um, Black Friday mayhem or Black Friday chaos. And if you don't have internet access at your home, go to the library and do it for free. It's worth the trip, I tell you. Um, I did that a little bit just to kind of see what the deal, because I didn't go. And I I think I stood in one line for 10 minutes, and then I was like, yeah, I'm done. I I just don't have the patience for it. Um, But there are people who just go bazonkers during this time. And this one video I saw, I kid you not, so you have the the store employees in vests, in yellow vests, and they're literally like pushing up against the door Like in a barricade Because people are are trying to get in And it wasn't quite time to open yet And you see the door being like pushed in And pushed in And then finally the employees just look at one another And they just run for their lives They just get out of the way And then the the droves of crowds just come rushing in and And they rush over to this little area Where the deal of the hour is And they're, you know, pulling on each other And stepping on each other And people had to be hospitalized And they're grabbing hair And it's crazy And it was for a waffle maker sir <laughs> Oh <laughs> I mean, I'm mean, i a fan of waffles, but really, I mean, not even like the big screen TV, a waffle maker. People are losing their lives and limbs, and so consumerism, oof, it's a, it's a, it can be a nasty little thing, but you guys, we're called to have a kingdom view and not a consumerism view, and in the kingdom view, we learned about who we're supposed to trust in God, and we're supposed to seek first His kingdom, and we're supposed to choose contentment, and we're supposed to live others-oriented, But in the consumerism view, it's just the opposite. We trust in possessions, and we are seeking economic well-being. We are really in a state of discontentment, and we are living self-oriented. And so we learned how we're in a war but this war isn't against one another. It's not against flesh and blood, but it's against fallen powers. But we are in this war, and we have to have a mindset that we are in warfare, and we're not on vacation. And we've been enlisted, and our actions matter, and so we can make a difference. And then last week we talked about the choke, the fact that we are, content- we are conditioned to live in perpetual discontentment. Whatever we have now isn't quite good enough, so we have to get more or, or do something different. And we're in a perpetual state of discontentment. But as kingdom people, we really need to pay attention and really ask the, ourselves um, the question of what is what we have? What are our possessions truly costing us? What is the true cost of what we own? We need to learn how to break the stronghold and break those habit cycles and explore practical ways to move forward in simplicity. And so that brings us to today. We're going to close out this series, and I think it's really important at this point to ask ourselves some pretty key questions. To really um, understand where we've been and where we're going, we need to ask ourselves, where do we go from here? And what do we do with what we've learned thus far? And what comes next? Now, first of all, I think it's important that we recognize that we are all growing in this process. None of us that have been up here teaching or that are in leadership around here or you guys that are sitting out there, um, none of us have officially arrived and have all the answers and have all the wisdom. We are all in a process. And I'm going to guess that most of us are not just filthy rich, loaded with more money than we can think of what to do, and so it's just no problem for us to, you know, throw a little here and throw a little there. I'm going to guess that's probably not most of our situations, although my eight-year-old son um, has told me that when he grows up, he's pursuing a dual career. He's going to be a Lego builder and a basketball player. And so, no, no, wait, get this. He's going to make quite a bit of money and he's going to give me $1 million per month. (laughs) That's gonna be pretty cool. Now, I don't know what his dad's gonna do because he didn't offer any of that money to him. He only offered it to me. So when that time comes, I will be set. But until then, I (laughs) am not. Uh, You know, I work retail part-time. My husband is a um, self-employed freelance writer and church consultant. So we have a budget. We're raising a family. We don't have a ton of extra. Probably like a lot of you guys, you know, you kind of wonder where is the next, how far can you make this money stretch? And... um, Time is also a commodity that we don't have a ton of, and um, I think we're all pretty much in a similar boat. So, none of us are, have arrived, none of us have all the wisdom and answers. None of us have a ton of resources and time just to kind of give away whenever we want to. So we're all in this together. Um, We need to realize that each of our journeys, though, um, towards generosity and towards simplicity, they vary. We're at different places as far as where we are along this journey, and that's okay. Um, Where you are in your journey toward generosity and simplicity, what you're learning about that, what you're deciding to do about that, is different probably than the person next to you and the person behind you, and that's okay. We're each on our own journey, and we need to allow one another to be that and be there. Most importantly, I think we need to realize that this, all of this that we're talking about, generosity and simplicity. And looking at um, how we give of ourselves, how we give of our time and our resources, really at the core of it, what it's really all about is learning how to better manifest the character of Abba Father. It's really, that's what it's really about, better manifesting the character of Abba Father. It's really about love, growing in love for the Lord, growing in love for one another, growing in love for others. And so what does that love look like? We can look at 1 John chapter 3, and in verses 16 through 18, it says this. This is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers and sisters. If anyone has material possessions and sees a brother or sister in need, but has no pity on them, how can the love of God be in that person? Dear children, let us not love with words or speech, but with actions and in truth. Let's pray. Jesus, I thank you for this day. I thank you for an opportunity to come together with these beautiful brothers and sisters and worship you, exalt your name, um, learn from you, hear your words, hear you speak to us in fresh and new ways. Lord, thank you for the volunteers who help us and lead us in worship. Thank you for everyone who helps to bring all of this together. Lord, thank you for everyone in this auditorium. I thank you for the fact that they are here. I thank you for the fact that they are eager to know you more and to love you more and to manifest your character more. Thank you for those who are listening via podcast or some other means. Lord, I pray that you would touch them right now where they are and speak a fresh word of revelation to them. Lord, speak your truth to us today. Whisper in our hearts and help us to know how very loved we are by you. We love you, Father, and we thank you so much for being such a good God and a good Father. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So, we're titling this message today Without Borders. And we could, in response to all the things that we've been learning and the challenges that we've been given, we could just decide within ourselves to hunker down, decide to do better, and try to live counterculturally and make different choices. We could do that. We could just kind of determine within ourselves we're going to do and be different. And that is, that is, those are good choices to make. But what I'm hoping that we'll see is, is this is really kind of a, it's a bigger picture. There, there is really something going on spiritually that we can tap into and be a part of. And it is without borders. There are ways in which God wants to speak to us and through us. He wants to work on our behalf and on the behalf of others in ways that are beyond our wildest dreams. Without borders, without hesitation, without holding anything back that God wants to move through us. And I think that's what he wants us to see today. Hopefully, we have been awakened to the fact that we are in a war and we have um, the time is now for us to take action. Hopefully, we've been motivated to really look at our lives and see where we can make changes, where we can reallocate maybe some of our resources, some of our time, even ourselves. And when I say that, you guys, I get it that, like I said, most of us don't have a ton extra. So when we take from here to give there, we've got to, you know, we kind of worry, well, where is, where is it going to come? Where is the provision going to come? But hopefully we're getting to kind of look at those things in our lives with our time as well. You know, if we take time from here to give it there, we, we need to kind of look at how we can reallocate that as well. Um, just giving of ourselves. Hopefully we've really kind of caught that. Hopefully, we've captured a picture of how life could be, and we've been awakened, and we've begun to discover that we have a particular role to play with what God is up to. Each and every single one of us have a particular role to play. And so what is your role? What is your role? What is your part? We all have a part to play globally in what God is doing in the world. So I ask you, how does your life fit in? with what God is doing in the world. We all have our part to play. Every single person in this auditorium, listening via podcast, even your cranky neighbor, even your coworker that gives you the (laughs) heebie-jeebies. Every one of us who have said yes to Jesus, we have a role to play. And even those who haven't yet said yes to Jesus, they have a role to play. They just haven't quite gotten there yet. So globally, God is at work. He is at work in our world, and we have a role to play and to tap into what he is doing. And I'm wondering if we've become aware of that yet. The arms of God have come, you guys, to bring the beauty of love and restoration and hope. He's come to bring freedom and wholeness into this world that is filled with the ugliness of despair and loneliness and brokenness and bondage, he's come, his arms are stretching out to bring that freedom, to bring that hope, to bring that light. And the beautiful part about the way God does that, the way his arms stretch out, he does that through us, through his children, through each and every single one of you. God is desiring to reach out to others and to bring healing and to bring hope and to bring wholeness, and to bring light and freedom and restoration. Everyone to your right and to your left and behind you and in front of you have a role to play in what God wants to do to restore this world. And that's a really, really cool thing. We battle those things that push against the kingdom. We do that as believers. We do that as kingdom people. We battle those things that are anti-God and push against the kingdom. But not only do we have a global role to play, we have a personal role that we play. That's where we ask the question, what is my life about? What is your life about? Are you even aware of your purpose? What is it that God is calling you to do? What is it that God is calling you to be right here today? You definitely have a purpose. God has definitely chosen you. God definitely created you and sees something within you that he would love to utilize for his purposes. He would love to let his kingdom love flow through you to touch and bless others. It doesn't matter how you see yourself, really, because God sees you as you truly are. He sees the true image of you, which is created in the image of him. It doesn't matter if you feel qualified or not because God sees you as you truly are, which is well qualified to be his vessel to bring forth his light and his love and his freedom and his restoration to others. Regardless of who you are and regardless of what you do, God would love to use you. He has a purpose and a plan for you to further his kingdom on this earth. It doesn't matter if you are a shift worker, a stay-at-home parent, whether you are retired, whether you are unemployed and looking for work, whether you are a president of a big company, or whether you're a part-time retail worker. God wants to move through you and use you to further his kingdom on this earth. We each have a personal role to play. There is much that God desires to do through you. And at this time, I'm reminded of the story that I came across when I was studying and researching. Um, it's a really sweet story about um, a guy by the name of Johnny. Um, there was a woman by the name of Barbara Glantz who is a motiva- motivational speaker, and she conducts workshops for large companies. And so one day, Barbara was speaking um, to the employees um, of a large grocery store chain. She was giving a motivational Talk to them. And she talked to them about how they saw their purpose, and how they had opportunities to bless others, that their their sole purpose wasn't simply their job duties, as in, you know, ringing up customers, and stocking shelves, and bagging groceries, but that while they were doing those things, they had opportunities to bless others. And so the employees were really inspired by her speech, and in particular, one employee by the name of Johnny, who was 19 years old, and he was a grocery bagger. Now, Johnny has Down syndrome, and so for many, um, he would maybe even be discounted, unfortunately. But Johnny took what Barbara said to heart, and he went home and he began to think about how he could make a difference in his small job, his small task, his small role of bagging groceries. And so what Johnny decided to do was to scour the internet for um, encouraging, inspirational sayings and quotes. And every night he would find one and he would print off about, a three, about 300 copies. And he would cut it up into little strips of paper And then he would, when he was at his next shift, he would put um, a saying in each bag of groceries that he was bagging for the customer. And he would say to the customer, I put a little saying in your bag. I hope it helps you to have a good day. Thank you so much for coming in. Now this kept going on for several weeks. And about a month later, the manager noticed that whenever Johnny was on shift, his line was way long. And so the manager, like managers do, would get on the intercom and say, "Uh, aisles two and three are open, but no one would move. (laughs) They wanted to be in Johnny's line. Johnny had touched them and blessed them in in, in ways that, that he caught a glimpse of what it meant to fill others with hope. He got it. He got it. This guy who maybe, you know, against the world standards, didn't have high position or didn't have tons of qualifications, he caught a glimpse of what it could mean to bless others, and it worked. And so people would just stand in line waiting for this guy to bag their groceries because they knew they would be touched and blessed. That's beautiful. That's kingdom stuff right there, you guys. That's part of our purpose and our role is to bring that kingdom into the world. Wherever we are, you guys, we're called to bring that, the kingdom into the world. That's what we're called. We're called to manifest the character of Abba Father, wherever we are in our daily tasks. The kingdom isn't something we just do together here on Sundays. We do a part of it here, but the kingdom plays out in our daily lives. Our two worlds collide. And so as we are you know, bagging someone's groceries or checking someone out or, you know, taking notes for someone or driving a bus or whatever it is that we do, even if it's just walking around the neighborhood, walking the dog, you know, cleaning the house, whatever it is, we are called to manifest the kingdom in that situation, in our daily lives and to bless others and to bring light and life and liberty and freedom. Now, are we living out that call? Are we living out our purpose in our daily lives? Are we manifesting the kingdom by loving God and loving our neighbors? Are we caring for our family the way God's called us to? Are we caring for those in need? It's the two worlds colliding. It's not separate. The kingdom manifests in our daily lives and things that we do and people that we encounter every day. We're going to read a verse from Micah, uh, the sixth chapter. And Micah was an eighth century prophet. Micah is from a small town. And Micah is speaking from the point of view of a guy from a small town who is very accustomed to seeing wealthy landowners who profess and claim to love God mistreat and abuse local farmers and uh, swindle them out of their land. And so while they're with their mouth proclaiming to love and know God, but with their actions they're mistreating people. And here's what Micah has to say about that. He has shown you, O mortal, what is good. And what does the Lord require of you? To act justly and to love mercy and to walk humbly with your God. To act justly, to love mercy, to walk humbly with our God. That's how we fulfill our role. That's how we fulfill our purpose. We do what is fair and just to our neighbor. We are compassionate, and we are loyal in our love. But we also don't take ourselves too seriously, because we're human. We're fallible. fallible. We make mistakes. We mess up. We have bad days. Whatever. We don't take ourselves too seriously, but we can take God very seriously, because he is the Almighty. He is the one who created us, called us, set us free, and has chosen us to be his ambassadors to bring forth his kingdom in this world. That's what we do. That's how we fulfill our personal role. We also have a local role, you guys, and this, this really excites me. We have a local role to play. Um, what has God up to in your, our community? What has God up to in your community, in your neighborhoods? Ask that question, discover that, and jump in on that. Or maybe start something up, because remember, we're, our, we're his ambassadors. So we can um, jump in on what he's already doing. We can listen to what, how he's leading us and maybe get something started. But also, where do you feel called to participate with others in kingdom life? That's a good question. Now, wherever you do feel called to participate with others in kingdom life, it's very important to know that uh, what, your, your, what that body is doing. Partnering with, your, with what your local congregation is doing is very important. Knowing what they're about, knowing what their vision for the community is, knowing what their mission is, that's really important because then you can partner with them and help move that vision forward. When you believe in the vision and when you believe in the mission of your local church, you will bleed for that vision and you will bleed for that mission because you believe in it. You've caught that. You've caught a glimpse of what they're about and you agree with it and you believe in it and you'll bleed for it. It's what causes us to use our time that we don't have a ton of to serve others. It's what causes us to use our money that we don't have a ton of to bless and care for others. It is why, you guys, those of, those of us, those of you who have felt called to Woodland Hills Church to be a part of this body, it is why you guys um, volunteered countless hours to get that plaza ready. It is why you guys will give of your time and of your resources to make sure we have food for the hungry and we have um, a home for those who don't have shelter. It is why this church is such a special place. Um, The reason that we make space in our building to serve others is is kingdom business. The reason why um, Woodland Hills Church will not just use the building for their own benefit, but really look to how can we serve the community, um, that is kingdom business. And let me just say to you, if you have chosen for this place to be your body, if this is where you're partnering with others doing kingdom business, You have made a really, really excellent choice. I am not on staff here any longer. I am not paid to say this, but I can say the things that this church believes in are powerful and beautiful kingdom things. The way in which we take that (laughs) plaza. We take that plaza and not just use it as an income source, as many would, but we use it to train teenagers who don't have job skills to have job skills and then to give them a job. We use it to help uh, a a prison ministry of of people who are ex- prisoners um, being re-acclimated into the world to come in and hear about Jesus. We're using that place to serve the community. This place, we could fill this place up with our own stuff, but we feel called to allow other people come in and use this space. And uh, so that's why there's a daycare here. And that's why there will be a homeless shelter here during the winter. And that's why, like, like I said, we have the food shelf here. This is a place that is full of kingdom business. This is a good place to jump in on and partner with you guys. And I just wanna say, because I know this to be a fact, that the leaders of this place, they're not just up here talking and spouting words. They're not just encouraging you to bleed and to give. They, they are leading this and they are living this out. They are leading in the bleeding. They will sacrifice first. They will give first. They really believe in this call. And this is an amazing group of people to be a part of. And it's just an honor to, uh, to, to be a part of it and to worship with you guys and to see what God desires to do in this place, in the, in the community, in the kingdom, through the people here, through you guys. So it's really very powerful and very cool. So it's important to know where you're called to do that. You know, it's not just about coming and sitting and learning, of those things are good. But remember, you have a role to play locally. You have a role to play in what's going on here. And the kingdom business that's happening here at Woodland Hills Church, you have a role to play. But you can't um, just have someone tell you what that role is. You need to hear from God what it is he's calling you to do. You need to hear from the Lord how he wants you to, to play out your role. It's so important to pay attention to what God is saying to you, because I guarantee you, he is speaking to you. He is whispering in your ear. He is speaking to your heart, and he's saying, this is your role. This is what needs to be done through you. You have the perfect gift set. You have the perfect personality. You have the perfect way about you to, to make sure this is done to bless the, ki- the kingdom and the community around this church. We each have our role to play here. We must be awake to his leading. We must follow him as he speaks those directions to us. We must trust that God will honor his promises and provide for our needs as we step out in faith. Anytime you sense the Lord directing you and leading you to give of yourself, to give more of yourself, to further this kingdom vision, um, he's going to take care of you. Anytime you feel the Lord's leading to give more of your time, that you don't already have a lot of, he's going to take care of you. And even when you feel God calling you to give of your resources that you don't have a ton of extra of, he is going to take care of you. God will not let you flounder. He is going to take care of you as we are just obedient just to give of ourselves over to him. So don't shy away from being stretched, you guys. It's going to hurt a little bit. We may feel the pinch, but don't run away from that. Don't be afraid of that. That's okay because remember, God has got you and he's going to take care of you. Don't be alarmed if you begin to feel, oh my gosh, this is really, this is tough, or I don't know how I'm going to get this done, or I don't know where the extra time is going to come from, or where the extra money is going to come from, or it's okay. Don't, Don't run away from that. Don't walk away from the challenge. But instead, follow Abba Father as he leads you deeper. Follow him as he beckons and calls out to you. He sees it within you, and he knows what you have. You may not see it, but he sees it. He knows what you have, and he wants to call that out of you. And so then as you follow him, don't be afraid, and don't be distracted by circumstances and things around you. Just trust him. Trust him. He has got you. Right now, we're going to play this song. This song illustrates this point, I believe, beautifully. And um, I want you just to take, sit there, um, listen, listen, And just let God speak to your heart and minister to you. Um, The lyrics will be on the screen so that um, if you want to see what the actual words are, you can see them there. But just listen and allow Abba Father just to bring you further out and draw you deeper into what he has for you today. when you follow him and you allow him to stretch you and you allow him to call you out deeper and call you out further he's not going to let you drown okay when you trust him with your time with your life with your resources and you give that over to him and you're open handed toward him he's not going to let you drown as the spirit leads you you can trust that he's going to take care of you as the Spirit leads you to be stretched and challenged in ways that you never thought He's going to take care of you. You can trust Him. God will not let you drown. There are families, I know, families who have packed up everything they own, moved across the country to live here in Minnesota to be a part of what you guys are about here in this place. There are families who have decided that what was going on here is beautiful and powerful and so kingdom-oriented that they just had to jump in on it. That's a beautiful thing, you guys. That's really sweet and powerful. And I'm not saying that that God isn't at work in other places. That's not it at all. But what I'm saying is, is that the kingdom vision of this place is so good and so sweet and so loving that it's worth people packing up and moving here to be a part of. That's what me and my husband did. You know, Some of you know, we used to live here and we were on staff here for six years, but then two years ago we felt led to move back home to Texas, both of our families are there and um, that meant grandparents for the children was, were there and we were gonna work there and raise our family there and just plant roots and, and, uh, and do the whole shebang. And, and it was hard to leave here because we love you guys so much, but we kind of felt led to go and do that. And um, so as we went down to Texas, and as we began to make our plans to live our life and to raise our children and to plant roots, an interesting thing happened. We made plans to buy a house so that we could plant roots and raise our children. But God began just to kind of speak quietly to me at first, kind of whisper to me at first, um, and I wasn't quite sure what he was saying. So I just kind of put it aside because it didn't make sense. What I thought I was hearing didn't quite make sense. But it had to do with buying this house. And uh, we had already put money down. We were renting the home back from the owners until closing. And so I just put that aside, went into Logic and said, uh, we will lose money if we back out now. So thank you very much, but no thank you keep going on about our lives. But you know what? Sometimes, unfortunately, God is a nag and he was just nagging, nagging, nagging. He wouldn't stop. He would he just kept on trying to speak to me, but I wasn't hearing it. And so finally, I went to my husband, Scott, and I said, babe, I kind of have this feeling like maybe we shouldn't buy this house. And you know what? God had been nagging him too. (laughs) So we began to pray together and talk and try to figure it out. And to make a very long story short, we backed out of buying the house. We didn't understand fully why. We just kind of sensed we weren't supposed to do it, which means we had to move. We had to find another place to live. And so this time we decided we're just going to rent someplace until we can figure out what the heck it is that God is saying to us. And so we move into this house and it was a pretty substantial sized home. And we have four children and they each, you know, we're going to be able to have their own room and all that stuff. But as we're supposedly supposed to be fixing the home up to make it hours, you know, fixing the house up to make it our home. Again, God starts in with the nagging and the nudges and the speaking to our hearts and just wouldn't let up. And so we felt led to, for whatever reason, just instead of filling up the home to start like getting rid of stuff and, um, selling stuff off and just really purging. And it was really interesting because, like I said, we didn't fully understand why, but we just felt like, you know, we were supposed to just look at the things in our home and say, is this absolutely necessary? Do we really, really, really have to have this? And if not, then just either give it away or sell it or whatever. But it was just like this purging, this simplifying that was going on. Now, in all honesty, there were times that things were tight financially, so selling of the stuff was really good. There is nothing like being broke to help you simplify. (laughs) That's just the facts. But even beyond that, we really were just sensing that God was up to something, and we just needed to kind of let things go. And we needed to be just open-handed toward him and not be tied down to anything. We we really felt led to kind of live tent-like, so that whenever he did speak, whatever it was he was going to speak and say, that we could just be ready to pick up and go. And through that process, we really um, were intent on listening, leaning in to hear what he was saying to our hearts, you know, his whispers, praying with one another, praying with our community to kind of see what it was that God was saying to us. And then as certain things lined out, we realized, hey, we're heading back to Minnesota. And so, lo and behold... We were able just to pick up pretty quickly and get up here. And that was not because we had certain jobs laid out with great benefits packages and all that stuff. No. Um, like I said, you know, we, I'm a part, I work retail part-time. My husband is self-employed. And we had a few things going on, but nothing solid and super concrete that would say, oh, yeah, that makes sense, move to Minnesota. But what we did have was Abba leading us. We had the Spirit leading us deeper, And we had him nudging us to trust him, to trust him and to follow him, and knowing that as we followed him, our feet would not fail. He would provide, he would take care of us, and he would show us the way. And so we know that we're supposed to be here, be with you guys, to be a part of this kingdom vision, to be a part of what God is doing in you and through you to bless this community and to bless this city. So, I'm just so thankful. So thankful to be a part of this kingdom family. Thank you for welcoming us welcoming us back in. But this kingdom family is beautiful. Our job is not done yet and so I just encourage you to remember to ask yourselves, what is my role? What am I supposed to be doing because it is something It is something, man, woman, young, old, money, no money, education, no education. You have a unique role to play in what God is doing here in this body. All right. So in closing, you guys, I want to pray this prayer of blessing over you. Thank you for being here today. Thank you just for being the amazing people that you guys are. Love you, love you, love you. Be blessed. And just remember to do your part and to fulfill your role that God has called you to do. Let me pray this blessing over you. May you believe with all your heart that God is writing a great story with your life. May the lies that came your way today fall by the wayside and not make their way into your heart. May you instead know and believe the truth about who you are and whose you are. You are loved, you are accepted, you are gifted, and you are treasured. You have important things to do in this life. May you refuse to let anything distract you from God's highest and best purposes for you. He'll make a way where there seems to be no way. He'll move mountains at just the right time. You can trust him. So trust him and sleep well tonight. The prayer partners are coming forward right now, so if you have something that you would like for them to agree with you with in prayer, please come this way. The rest of you, have a wonderful day. Thank you so much for being here. Go out and love on one another.